Well, as we've said many times on this podcast, God is the author of all of history. Not just the writer of a book about history, but the author of the actual history of the universe. There's a lot of twists and turns in this story, and things don't always work out exactly how we expect them to. Perhaps that's how Jacob felt. After all, there had been promises made about the land of Canaan and descendants, and here he was in Egypt. How, how was it going to turn out for him? How was God going to keep his promises when they were in Egypt? But God is worthy of our trust and our faith, and Jacob trusted God that the author of the story knows the ending and knows how to get us there. I'm so glad that you joined me today on Audacious Arrows, where we're becoming recklessly bold men and women of faith through the power of God's word. So in our story of Joseph, we're going to continue today and wrap up some of the details. What we're going to read about today is how Joseph dealt with the famine and the Egyptians. So basically what happened is that the Egyptians went to Joseph and they would buy grain from him during this famine. Remember, this was a very severe famine. There was no food in the land. Things would not grow. I'm guessing there was no rain. Crops wouldn't grow. Livestock was suffering. All of that. So the people, you spent their money to buy grain to eat or to plant And then when they ran out of money, they sold their animals, their livestock. And when they ran out of livestock, they sold their land. And when their land had been stolen, finally, they sell themselves to be servants of Pharaoh. So Joseph makes Pharaoh and makes Egypt very wealthy as a result of this. Now, as we're reading this, it's easy to think, well, selling yourself as a servant, slavery, that's never a good thing. And it's hard for us to take our modern times mindset and put that aside and read the Bible the way it's written. So here's what I want you to do as we read this. I want you to listen for information about what the Egyptians thought of this. How did they feel about Pharaoh owning everything? How did they feel about what Joseph had done? See if you can pick up on what the Bible says the Egyptians felt about this. We're also going to hear a little bit about the end of Jacob's life in Egypt. And he's going to have Joseph make an oath to him. And he has him put his hand under his thigh, which is kind of a strange thing to have someone do. But this was a custom in this part of the world in this time period. Um, when someone would make a promise to someone else. So it might seem weird to us, but it probably wasn't weird to Joseph. And it was just part of making a promise. Okay, let's dive in. We are starting in Genesis chapter 47, verse 13. So find that in your Bible, Genesis chapter 47 and verse 13. Here we go. Now there was no food in all the land, for the famine was very severe. So that the land of Egypt and the land of Canaan languished by reason of the famine. And Joseph gathered up all the money that was found in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan in exchange for the grain that they bought. And Joseph brought the money into Pharaoh's house. And when the money was all spent in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came to Joseph and said, Give us food. Why should we die before your eyes? For our money is gone. And Joseph answered, 
Give your livestock, and I will give you food in exchange for your livestock, if your money is gone. So they brought their livestock to Joseph, and Joseph gave them food in exchange for the horses, the flocks, the herds, and the donkeys. He supplied them with food in exchange for all their livestock that year. And when that year was ended, they came to him the following year and said to him, We will not hide from my Lord that our money is all spent. The herds of livestock are my Lord's. There's nothing left in the sight of my Lord but our bodies and our land. Why should we die before your eyes, both we and our land? Buy us and our land for food. And we with our land will be servants to Pharaoh. And give us seed that we may live and not die, and that the land may not be desolate. So Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh. For all the Egyptians sold their fields, because the famine was severe on them. The land became Pharaoh's. As for the people, he made servants of them from one end of Egypt to the other. Only the land of the priests he did not buy, for the priests have a fixed allowance from Pharaoh and lived on the allowance that Pharaoh gave them. Therefore they did not sell their land. Then Joseph said to the people, Behold, I have this day bought you and your land for Pharaoh. Now here is seed for you, and you shall sow the land. And at the harvest you shall give a fifth to Pharaoh, and four-fifths shall be your own, as seed for the field, and as food for yourselves, and your households, and as food for your little ones. And they said, You have saved our lives. May it please, my Lord, we will be servants to Pharaoh. So Joseph made it a statute concerning the land of Egypt, and it stands to this day that Pharaoh should have the fifth. The land of the priests alone did not become Pharaoh's. Thus Israel settled in the land of Egypt, in the land of Goshen, and they gained possessions in it, and they were fruitful and multiplied greatly. And Jacob lived in the land of Egypt seventeen years. So the days of Jacob, the years of his life, were one hundred forty-seven years. And when the time drew near that Israel must die, he called his son Joseph and said to him, If now I have found favor in your sight, put your hand under my thigh and promise to deal kindly and truly with me. Do not bury me in Egypt, but let me lie with my fathers. Carry me out of Egypt and bury me in their burying place. He answered, I will do as you have said. And he said, Swear to me. And he swore to him. Then Israel bowed himself upon the head of his bed. So did you catch what the Egyptians thought of Joseph's actions about about Pharaoh now owning everything, including themselves? Did they view it as an awful thing? Did they think Joseph's a tyrant? No, they didn't. Verse 25, they said, you have saved our lives. May it please my Lord, we will be servants to Pharaoh. So the Egyptians seemed happy about this. They viewed Joseph as a savior. They recognized that without him, they would have all starved to death and their children and their livestock and everyone. And so they, they view Joseph as a savior and they are pleased to go along with this plan. It's really easy to read scripture and have our own mindsets and our own opinions um, impact how we view the story, but we need to read exactly what the words say and we need to adjust our thinking to be what the Bible says. So we know what happened with the Egyptians. What happened with Jacob's family? 
Well, they settled in the land of Goshen. They gained possessions. They were fruitful and multiplied. Remember, God had promised that they would become a great nation while they were in Egypt. And that's exactly what happened. They multiplied. They gained possessions. Israel, Jacob, and all of his descendants are doing very well here. And then at the end of what we read today, we read about kind of the end of Jacob's life. So he lives to be 147 years old, which is pretty old. Um, and it's getting close to the end of his life when he's going to die. So what does he ask Joseph to do here? It's kind of a strange request. He doesn't want to be buried in Egypt. He wants to be carried out of Egypt and buried in the land of Canaan, where Abraham and Isaac were buried. And this is so important to Jacob that he makes Joseph swear to him that he will do this. So what does this tell us? Well, for one thing, Jacob believed the promises of God, the promises that had made, been made to Abraham, Isaac, and to himself, that he would inherit the land of Canaan. And so he wanted to go home. He wanted to be there. And it also shows that he had faith that God would keep his promise. Back in chapter 46, Jacob had a dream and God spoke to him and God said, I myself will go down with you to Egypt and I will also bring you up again. So Jacob knows that he's going to be carried out of Egypt. These people, his family is going to return to the land of Canaan. He believes that what God has promised will happen and he knows it's going to happen after he dies. So that's why he has Joseph promise him that he will carry his bones back to the burying place of his fathers. It's because Jacob has faith that what God promised will happen. Well, for our memory verse, we're working on James chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. It says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. We know certain things about the future because they're promised in God's word. For example, we know that Jesus will come again to judge the living and the dead. We know that in the end, he will conquer death and sin finally. We know that there is a reward and an inheritance waiting in heaven for those who are trusting in Jesus for salvation. There are some things that we know for sure about our future. We can have faith because they are told to us in the Bible. But for the most part, we have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. We can plan it. We can think, oh, I'm going to go to this birthday party tomorrow, or I'm going to run to the grocery store on Saturday. But we have no idea what tomorrow will hold. We need to approach our lives with some humility because we're just a mist. We don't know very much. God is the one who knows and plans our futures and holds our futures in his hands. I'm so glad that you join me today in memorizing God's word, in reading the Bible. There is nothing better for your mind and your heart than to study God's word. See you next time.